0: Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up. Celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, And our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat to British Georgian singer and songwriter Katie Malua. Katie's just released her new album, album number eight. So we have a chat to her about some of the songs off the record, as well as talk about her childhood and upbringing, and how she found her love for music, as well as talk about her nervous breakdown back in 2010, and how she gets through down days now. There's so much to cover. So let's get into it now. Three, two, one. Do this. Raise it (laughs) all. Hey guys, it's Georgie May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Dr. Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. We're raving it up. It up. I'm, I'm up. having fun. <laughs> Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> ra- sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. <laughs> raving. We're raving it up. Katie, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you going today?
1: I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's just lovely to be talking to you.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy woman, so let's get straight into it. Since this is your first time on the show, we love actually love to start from the beginning and actually talk about your childhood and your upbringing, if that's okay, to get a good idea of you know, how you've made it to where you are today and how you've become successful. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I did read that your father worked as a heart specialist. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's true. I was born in Georgia, which was um, part of the former Soviet Union. So the Georgia that's uh, next to Turkey, and my whole family is from there. And yeah, my dad uh, was a heart surgeon. Uh, I say was because he's now a GP. So he had quite an unusual training from, you know, specialising in heart surgery to becoming a GP. But you know, my childhood was spent in Georgia up until the age of eight. Um, And the reason for that was that the country really fell apart during the fallout of the Soviet Union. Um, The way we experienced that in reality was that the country's electricity and hot water essentially stopped running. So, I mean, I would, I mean, I've spoken about this loads, but I would, you know, get a bucket of water um, from our yard and like take it up the three flights of stairs where we lived in the apartment and then when the electricity would come on for like one hour during the day I would witness my uncles who were really into their music rush to their cassette players and put on the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath in the evening times when there was no electricity my mom would sit at the piano and she'd play classical music so I had these you know quite incredible moments with music that were to do with this uh, very difficult sort of situation um, in terms of the amenities in the home. But when there was the opportunity to soak up music, they were very meaningful and they were very special. Um, And then I'll quickly fast forward. In 1994, Dad managed to get a job in Belfast at the Royal Victoria Hospital, which was kind of like winning the lottery at that point in time because Georgia really was struggling i mean as a doctor in georgia he he was going to earn more as a taxi driver than he was as a doctor so that was why it was so important for him to you know get us all to the to the uk and so we moved and then i you know this is why i have this accent in that i uh i learned to speak english in belfast and then we were 5 years in northern ireland before we moved to the south of England. That
0: definitely must give you a whole new appreciation for what you've got now as well. That's incredible.
1: I yeah, I certainly do. You know what was remarkable though? Because we moved to the UK and as a kid I was always singing. You know, back home in Georgia I'd always sing. I'd always put on like home concerts for my family. Um I'd also ask them for pocket money for it. You know, I was I was quite serious about doing it for real. Um you know, I think my parents realized that, you know, I had a talent for it. So when we moved to the UK, they were kind of crazy enough to think, well, we've come to the land where, you know, musicians can earn a living, you know, where they gave us the Beatles and Queen. And so Katie's probably going to make it, which was, of course, crazy, because the music industry is incredibly tough and almost impossible, you know, to really make it, Um So, yeah, I feel super honoured and blessed that, you know, with the release of my first record, things pretty much blew up.
0: Do you have something to say or sell and wanting to launch an email marketing campaign to engage your customers? constant contact can help you they have all the tools you need to market your ideas and they make it quick easy and affordable to build a professional brand online attract customers and sell more products helping you achieve real results you can sign up now for free to try it out go to our website raveituptv.com and click on the constant contact ad on our right sidebar it'll take you straight there what have you got to lose you ever think of it as a career back then, since you were just doing it, probably, obviously for fun, just with your family? Were there any other careers that you were, like, dreaming to do when you were little?
1: I mean, as I sort of turned 15, 16, you know, and I was seeing, I was hanging out with my school friends and, you know, looking at what they were wanting to do, I realised, um, you know, becoming a singer was probably quite an unrealistic dream.
0: Probably a lot of other people do too (laughs) because it is so difficult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, So I toyed with the idea of being a historian or a politician. Wow,
0: that's different.
1: (laughs) Very different, right? But, I mean, I think my idea of politics was very naive at the age of 15, as you can imagine. And I think also because uh, because of the background of Georgia and then Belfast, which also politically had its own sort of troubles, that's why I thought, You know, I'd go into it. But then I couldn't really stay away from music. And I actually realized that I didn't, I mean, I didn't even think of music as a career per se. I just realized I had to be close to it. Like I had to be either, I was like, if I don't make it as a singer, doesn't matter. I said, I'll be a producer, a music producer. I'll work at a record company. I'll work in a record store. You know, that was the level of kind of closeness that I desired to to music
0: as long as it was in your life and around you because you were just so passionate it's, about it yeah yeah I love that and as you said you just blew up because you did record your first album when you were, like, 18, 19, and within those three years, like, you became UK's best-selling female artist and Europe's highest-selling European female artist, and then your second album, like, has gone platinum four times now, and you've received over 56 platinum, like, awards to date. Just, it's incredible. Like, so since you became successful, you know, at such a young age, you know, probably 18, 19. That's when a lot of us are like figuring out what do I want to do, what, what am I going to do when I leave school, and it has been like non-stop since then for you. Do you feel like it took away, like I guess, your teenagehood in a little in a little bit, or do you actually like really blessed and grateful that you got to start off at such a young
1: age? I don't feel like it took away my teenager because I was always a very um, shy and kind of quite a bookworm and I loved studying. So to me, going in the music studio with some of the best musicians in the country was the most magical experience. You know, like that was, that was my party. <laughs> you know, that was my, part. I was like, wow. You know, it really had such a profound effect on me. Um, on my psyche, on my body, you know, it it felt like, you know, that was my religion. Um, But where it did become really difficult was because it blew up and it was so unexpected. You know, you don't really prepare for something like that. And suddenly my life turned into, from being a student to thinking about, oh, should I take a gap year or should I go to university, Uh, to suddenly traveling around the world, touring the world, you know, doing lots of interviews and then having to make another album quick. We have three months to do it, you know, because, you know, we're right at the peak, so we better make the most of it. You know, there was always this, there's always this sort of fear, um, that it's not going to last, you know, or like it's suddenly going to disappear from us. Like the competition is so high. It's such a, a desirable thing that that was the sort of the background attitude, um, that we have to make the most of it while you know while we still have the energy and while this is blowing up so much, but of course that way of thinking does end up catching up with you, and you know after um, seven years of living like that, I actually crashed majorly, you know, and I had a very publicly documented mental breakdown, I had to take time off for six months um and uh that, you know, that was interesting because I realized I'd been functioning on this idea that I, I was feeling so powerful and so, you know, superior because I'd made it like that, you know, and um, you realize actually no, no one is above basic human needs of like preserving your energy, looking after your mental health, you know, looking after your soul and your spirit you know, being, having a good uh, community of friends and family around you. So, you know, I learned some hard lessons with that. So I'm actually very grateful for for the crash that happened.
0: Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. definitely something I was going to bring up about this nervous breakdown that you had and as we spoke before the interview you know we don't have that much time today but I would you know in the the future maybe do a part two interview because you know our, our show is very positive and motivating and I guess You know, um, motivating the listeners to really go follow their dreams and not just settle for any normal nine to five job that you might not enjoy, but just live life to the fullest. But then there's a whole another side of our show that we love to talk about the real stuff. You know, I think a lot of, you know, people look up to their idols. Um, You know, your fans, for example, might be looking up to you, going, "Oh, she's up in a pedestal and she's amazing and she doesn't have any down days." But you know, we're human beings. We we all have our down days and. Yeah, you had your nervous breakdown in 2010, and I guess I'd love to know, because I'm sure that you probably still have some down days like we all do. Do you have any tips, and and what what do you do to get through them?
1: Well, I have to say, I think it's all about surrounding yourself with really good people, you know, and realizing actually that, you know, you might function in a certain system but it doesn't have to be that way you know And the philosophy that you have and those around you have um is what will set the way that you work you know so for example I work with people now who are extremely conscientious who value like basic human energy you know my manager that I've been working with for seven years when I first started working with him and I would call him on the weekend you know very soon I realized that actually on the weekend he spends the weekend with his three daughters and the phone is off and I was like wow that's amazing you know that's not the case in the music industry like most people really go after it really really hard you know and they really set aside their own energy levels and their own basic needs to kinda chase this quite intoxicating dream of making it but no, you know, so my manager's like, no, it's the weekend and evenings. Like, unless the world is literally falling apart and there's a huge emergency, there's no need. We should be able to uh, work, you know, in amongst the usual working hours. So, So basically, you know, having that philosophy helps to actually maintain the energy levels. I've just released a new record in the past. It would have been ramming as many interviews and as many you know promo opportunities as you possibly can but now it's like no you know we're scheduling it in an intelligent way because otherwise your interviews aren't going to be quality anymore you know and you're just going to sound like a repeating monkey saying the same stuff because you haven't got time to pause between interviews and think okay i've already said this what do i want to say next how do i recharge Um, and yeah, and just making sure there's other things that I love doing, like gardening and, you know, spending time with my family. So yeah, you know, you, you just, I've just worked it out as I've gone along, but being surrounded by good people is the most important thing.
0: Great. Well, hopefully everyone takes that on board if if they haven't done that already, especially during this time with COVID, you know, I think so important. It's been like a really good, just pause press the pause button to just reassess where we, are, where we are in life and that, you know, we need to surround ourselves with our loved ones and just get back to us. You know, our, our actual, our mental health is like the most important. So I'm really glad we could quickly chat about that today. But onto to a really, really exciting topic, as you just brought up, your new record, your new album called Album Number 8. And as I said before the interview, congratulations. It's incredible. And as a fan of yours myself, I'm like, oh, she's just done it again. <laughs> and I know this is probably a hard question because it would probably be like picking a favourite child, but do you have a favourite song off the album? <laughs>
1: uh, well, I I won't be the usual light character and I would like to pick a song. I picked the last track on the album. It's called Remind Me to Forget. And this song is, well, it's about taking responsibility for your emotions. You know, that you can hold yourself together, that you can sort of not allow yourself to sink into, you know, a soap opera type drama there was there was a choir i collaborated with from georgia um on my previous record and we toured europe twice and on the very last tour on the last day of the tour one of the choir members gave me a big hug as we were saying goodbye and she said there's something i want to say to you she said um you know, a lot of dramatic things will happen in your life, but it's up to you whether you turn it into a soap opera or not.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: I know. I really love that too. And, you know, and I realized that I've really taken that on and I've kind of thought about, well, where does that apply to in my life? I happened to, you know, go through a big breakup while I was making this record, you know, and I felt like I had to touch upon it, but not make it some kind of, sort of victim filled record or even you know paint sorrowful stories about a breakup but just represent love and that relationship the way it was with the respect that I had for it and for my ex-partner you know and to sort of still find the joy in my life and so in that song I feel like I've been able to put all that in the words and the other thing that excites me about this record is this is the first time I've been in a position to write the lyrics entirely myself.
0: Oh, congrats.
1: Thank you. I'm really proud of that because, you know, words of these types of records are actually incredibly challenging to do. To me, clarity is really important and, and seeing the truth of a matter is really important. And trying to get that into pop songs is, is a great challenge.
0: Yeah. Well, it's fully your baby now because you've done it all for yourself and by yourself. I love that.
1: I mean, the thing is, obviously being an artist, you, um, it is, you know, it has to be about you, but to me, I'm interested in the perspective, you know, in the perspective I have, and I'm fascinated by the world around me. Um, but I, I've always also slightly found it awkward to kind of be the center of attention and to you know to be that individual voice so i'm kind of always sort of playing around with that trying to be quite light-hearted about it
0: yeah for people that haven't checked out the album yet you know you've got a good mixture of everything there so it is really you know as you said touching on a bit of your breakup other things you know your, your trip with your dad to the mountains and leaving the mountain as well so there's just so many it's just an album filled with stories pretty much which is very exciting <music> Did you know Rave It Up now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know The census this is your eighth album and, you know, your other seven albums before this have... All, when they were released, they all became top 10 studio albums. So with this eighth, eighth album, is there a, a certain expectation you feel like you have to meet now since the others did so well?
1: Well, of course there is. But we as a team have been talking lots about that and saying, look, first of all, the industry is changing rapidly. The digital revolution has completely You know, there's a lot of things going on where, you know, a record can be doing incredibly well at the start of the week when it's out, and then it will get, you know, things will completely shift because all the digital numbers come into it. So the most important thing is that as a team, we keep our morale up, and we really believe in this record, and we keep the faith in it in the long term. And to have that kind of support, not just in our team, but also in our record company, BMG, is quite remarkable so so yeah the pressure is of course it's there but you have to sort of manage again your emotions about it and set your expectations in a realistic way Um, the record did get into the top ten so this is my eighth woohoo so very happy with that (laughs)
0: We go update on the info <laughs> thank you i <laughs> appreciate it well there's some there's obviously ones that you've you know released before the album came out like a love like that and airtime they've been big hits that everyone loves uh, i personally love your longing is gone and, and voices in the night they're awesome but since i did bring up a love like that i did have a really cool idea for you <laughs> if you were willing to hear it
1: <laughs> Yes. I,
0: I gotta say, it sounds very James Bondy. Maybe you need to like give it to the James Bond producers. <laughs> it might be their next movie idea.
1: It's amazing. I've heard that, and uh, that would be, be incredible, of course, because it's such a, you know, those are big films. I'd love to get into also making music for films. Um, so yeah, it'd be lovely.
0: Why not? Next step. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully we need to like share this interview with the James Bond producers. (laughs) And as I said previously, like I personally love your music and I've been meaning to actually tell you today too, you know, just recently through COVID, I've been getting into a lot more like painting on the weekends and stuff. And whenever I do that, I put my headphones in, I go onto Spotify, just shuffle your music. And I got to say, you're really, really good painting music. And that's a very good compliment in
1: my eyes. (laughs) Well, I'm (laughs) honoured.
0: You're welcome, you 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 get my creative juices flowing, which is great.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to get into painting too, actually. There you go, listen to your own music, it might help. (laughs) No, my brain would just be like, oh, we should have turned that drum down a bit more and we should have put that in a different reverb. And Yeah, it doesn't quite work like that.
0: Oh yeah, you'd be listening to your own music way differently than all your fans do, obviously. (laughs) I do have, you know, I know that we're getting to the end of the interview, but before I do leave you, I actually had a, you know, a few quick questions about some other songs of yours. I, shout out to my mum, because she was definitely the one that introduced me to your music in the first place, and she's a really big fan of I Will Be There, and especially on YouTube, your orchestra live recording and she just listens to it over and over again but that was the one that she showed me and she wanted me to ask you today cuz right at the end of that video you sing such a long and then high note she she just could not get over just how amazingly talented you are is that just natural talent or is that trained cuz if it's trained then i guess we all we all have hope <laughs>
1: um you know what i think it's a combination of the two so uh Obviously, I think your voice ends up being what it is because of your anatomy in the voice and mouth and nose region. Um, But also, when I was pretty young, I started like seven, I started having singing lessons. So I got introduced to doing breathing exercises quite early. So at the age of about eight, eight through to the age of 13, I would do weekly vocal exercises where I would train, you know, my diaphragm to be able to, you know, hold long notes. And so I, I think that must be where I got the, that skill set developed.
0: Well, incredible note. I'm, I, I always watch it and I go, poor woman, like, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody go check out that video if you haven't already. I'm going to get you more views on YouTube now. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Georgie from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stefani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favorite celebrities on what they would tell their 14 year old selves a book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression and is available right now on Booktopia. About your cover of What a Wonderful World with Eva Cassidy, how did you manage to pull that off since Eva Cassidy did unfortunately pass away in 1996? So I'm glad I figured that out while I was doing my research. I was like, that would have been embarrassing if I was like, so how is it working with her?
1: <laughs> uh, well... Eva was a huge inspiration to me and she was probably the very first singer-songwriter who I had a great deal of affinity to in terms of the choice of songs that she would sing, how she would interpret songs, the kind of almost the religious nature of her focus as a singer. And I would talk about her a lot in those early interviews that I did. You know, I would say, look, I owe everything to Eva to, as a listener, to have her recordings. I think it's a majestic thing to like Western art. And then it also coincided with the fact that um, Andrew Bowles, excuse me, I have an itchy nose. Okay. What do you do with an itch when you're doing an interview? I right? don't know,
0: especially when it's on video, you can't hide it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, a great gentleman uh, used to work at her label, um, and his label was based in Brighton. His name is Andrew Bowles, and actually, Andrew then moved over and worked at the label I was at, and so he knew Eva's family, um, and you know they had heard what a big fan I was, and you know that my records were doing really well, and you know. I'd also dedicated a song to Eva on my first album called Faraway Voice. It was actually a song I wrote upon the discovery that she had indeed passed away at a very tragic young age, you know, and just the sadness that I'd never be able to see her like because she was just the, you know, her voice was just immaculate. So you know, I, you know, the family knew that I was a big fan, I really respected her and I, you know, I found her probably one of the greatest of our generation. And then Andrew knew them, and so there was a charity um, that we were working with, and we thought, you know, we would do a very special project. And Andrew got in touch with the family, asked if they would be open to letting us use the, um, you know, the master files to put together a duet, and they agreed. And you know what? I can't tell you what it was like. I mean, there is a difference when you listen to a record as a listener, to when you perform a record as a, as the artist. And then when you are joining an existing record as a singer, you know, so like to have her in my headphones, um, but as a, you know, as a performer, as me joining her performance, it was quite mind blowing. It was really a very unusual experience. And I heard certain nuances in her performance I'd never heard before
0: that gives me goosebumps that it's incredible what you can do even when someone has passed away it's the technology is amazing
1: now it is you know and I mean I have to say the technology really does um it's important you know sometimes you know I I realized quite early on that technology really matters you know you're kind of at the mercy of it so you've got to respect that that stuff too
0: (laughs) Now, Katie, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview. This has gone way too quickly. We definitely have to do a part two one day. But as a closing statement, and was probably the most important question, knowing what you know now in life, what would you tell your 14-year-old self?
1: 14-year-old self. I would say um, pay attention to background attitudes and notice their influence on you love that you know so just to be aware of like what people believe and what you hear most often and you know and realize that those are the ideas that shape you and shape who you are and shape your ideas about the world and so just to be aware of it and then then you can kind of figure out yourself if you want to follow those background attitudes or if you want to carve out your own path
0: yeah Coving out your own path is really good <laughs> like we've done both be. of us women it
1: certainly can be yeah but, you know there's there's other challenges that come with that too
0: oh yeah definitely but it's hard there's been times where it's like hard not to give up but you got to push through for your for your uh, dream and your passion always
1: and in fact you know the challenges are what makes it better when you do finally get through a...
0: yeah you become a stronger person as well and it helps you get through what? even tougher stuff in the future
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Katie. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You know, to be talking to you from London is just an honor, and you know, I'm forever grateful for just music.
0: Absolutely. To connect everybody. Well, hopefully we can have another chat in the future because I definitely have more questions for you. Like you're an I incredible person. Have-
1: I love that. We have. I'd love that. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. You're an incredible role model. So we definitely need to share some more bits of your story because we've definitely just skimmed through all of it to share with our audience as well. But And even hopefully if you come to Australia in the future when the borders are open, please let me know. I would love to meet you in person.
1: I would absolutely love to. That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, hopefully be fantastic. hopefully it's on the list of things, places to go and things to do.
1: It certainly is. I mean, I haven't been to Australia for such a long time.
0: Well, so. you're going to have to come back. It's even more beautiful now. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: Thank you so much. We'll
0: keep in contact and we'll make it happen in the future.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thanks a lot. Have a lovely day.
0: Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends